We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 17th, 2014. And today we're going to be doing pretty much, this is a current event type of study, but it's regarding, a lot of it is regarding the um, charismatic Pentecostal church actively yoking up with the Catholic church uh, at the highest levels openly being announced, openly being proclaimed, and a lot of the things that, I guess you would say, led up to that, a lot of the people involved in that movement, um, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at, near the end, the actual foundation, the actual underpinnings of the modern day charismatic uh, movement. And a lot of the things that led up to that as well. Uh, so, you know, this teaching has the potential to, um, I, I guess, in certain circles, to make a lot of people uh, pretty mad regarding the information. Um, I came out of the charismatic Pentecostal movement, so I've been there, done it, I mean to the nth degree, I kind of know what I'm talking about regarding that, I'm not just some somebody that would be an outsider and has no um, basis to draw a conclusion on, or I can just spew out facts, or say that they're facts, and without having any personal experience in this, because I do, I have a ton with this, and this is what I've been warning about, not just me, but tons of other people, for years, and I really believed that the first official, quote, pseudo-Christian sect of believers, whatever you want to call them, were going to be the Charismatics yoking up with the Catholic Church, meaning the first ones that were really going to make it official. They were really going to come out and officially say, we're yoking up with the Mother Harlot Catholic Church, and... We're going to proudly proclaim it, and here we are, we're with the Pope, and this is what we're going to do. And you're going to see a an exodus over to the Catholic Church of, I believe, eventually every denomination, every denomination that would call itself or identify itself as Christian, eventually. Now, there will be people jumping ship, they'll be realizing what is happening, hopefully, in different denominations, and get off that sinking ship. Uh, typically, it's a 501c3 corporate denomination they're involved with. Uh, and I believe that there will be people along the way that will get off before it's too late. But that train, it's all heading toward the one world religion. And there's different, that, just think of it like a train going down a track, and there's different religions that are now jumping on board. A lot of them have already been on board. A lot of the the ones that are just flat-out cults, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, Satan already has them. They're, they're, they're going to go along, ultimately, with whatever, you know, it's not going to take a lot of, of convincing. <clears throat> they're already deluded and, and deceived. The ones, or the denominations that Satan would be most concerned with are any ones that have a Christian bent to them. Even if they're works-based, I, I still think that he would be tend to be more focused on them because you never know. There might be enough 
there, there might be some of those people in those denominations that actually read their Bible and just don't take everything that their religious dogma has taught them and actually end up getting saved. You know, because let's say they've, they've got, you know, a Bible, hopefully King James, but that's that's becoming all the more less and less... Um, applicable, I guess, as well. There, there's very few denominations that they've got multitudes of, of Bible versions they're using. Each subsequent version gets more watered down, gets further away from the Word of God. They're translated from corrupt text types. King James is the only modern-day version, and I shouldn't say modern-day, but it's the only version, modern-day, that, that is uh, we can turn to that's translated from the Textus Receptus um, the majority text, the Byzantine text, there's different ways. Um, the Hebrew Masoretic text in the Old Testament. These other versions are virtually all translated from corrupt Catholic manuscripts. The Vaticanus, the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus that Westcott and Hort translated in 1881 into the Revised Version, which spawned almost all of the modern-day versions that we have today. It was, it was from corrupt Catholic manuscripts. One was found in a trash can at the base of Mount Sinai. That's why they call it the, the Sinaiticus, because it was found at the base of Mount Sinai, in a, in a Catholic monastery. It was so bad, even the monks threw it away. So, it's no wonder that this day and age we're living in, which I think you could, you could say that you know we're in the age and dispensation of the Laodicean church era of Revelation 3, where there's this big falling away, yet the church thinks it's in need of nothing, but in God's eyes, it's blind, wretched, weak, naked before God. But it doesn't think it's in need of nothing. It's, it's doing pretty good. And um, I believe that's the state of most of these churches. You look at them, and they're, they're asleep. I think that's the primary problem. They're yoked up with the government. They're reading false Bible versions. They've totally brought the world into the church. That is the norm. The pastors are wolves in sheep's clothing, or at bare minimum, hirelings, or at, let's say, bare minimum, backboneless, because they're not, they're not warning the sheep that are getting ready to be slaughtered. They're not warning them, for the most part. Not all, but for the most part. And um, that's just the norm anymore. So these things that we're going into today, I really believe a lot of this started back in the 1800s, and particularly I think when we have 1881, that revised version came out. I think that's about when, you know, the late, then we have a lot of the pseudo-Christian cults really getting rolling then. You have Mormonism, you have Jehovah Witnesses, you have Seventh-day Adventists, all offshoots, pseudo-Christian work, works-based cults that got rolling. Then there's a lot of and then you, you get into the whole modern-day evolution of the Pentecostal charismatic movement. You can even look all the way into the 1800s um, for that. And, and I'm going to cover some of that today. I'm going to try to cover a partial. Now, the full timeline's in the PDF. I just don't have time to go over the whole thing. Uh, where the Pentecostal movement actually came out of, where it evolved from, and... Um, because if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So you have to look at what was the inception. So the first report is Pope Francis meets evangelical delegation. Uh, James and Betty Robeson 
co-host of Life Today television program, and Kenneth Copeland, co-host of Believer's Voice of Victory, met the Roman pontiff at the Vatican recently for almost three hours. The meeting also included a private luncheon with Pope Francis. This meeting with evangelical leaders points to a new alignment within the global within global pseudo-Christianity. All getting on that same train. All yoked up with, with eventually with the one world government. All going down that same train track to arrive at the same destination. Ultimately hell. But ultimately first will be the one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet. They're all going to end up there. All these denominations. In one way, shape, or form, they're all going to end up there. Um, <clears throat> because I don't know of any modern day denomination that's truly not yoked up with the state. It's truly unregistered, unincorporated, not yoked up. The, the state didn't give it its right to exist, like 99% plus of the churches today. I'm not like saying, oh, well, they're all terrible people. No, I'm not. I, I came out of it. I mean, you know, I'm not. It's all they've ever known. With the pastors, they went to seminary, and this is what they learned. And they learn to use these other Bible versions, and they learn to get yoked up with the state, and they learn to do this and this and that, and, and that's why the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5. So we've got to be really careful who we're yoking up with, who we're trusting, and, and it's important to get into the Bible, and as a saved Christian, and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you, and that's why I ended up coming out of, of the corporate church, because there was just so many things that didn't line up along the way. And you question the pastor, and you know they're, they're, they're really not going to be able to... I did, at least. But I, I thought I, I should at least approach them in a humble way, and not try to confront them, not try to embarrass anybody. And I did that along the way in many different denominations. Independent, fundamental, Baptist, uh, charismatic, Pentecostal... And, you know, you approach them in a humble way to try to give them the benefit of the doubt. You don't want to uh, be act like you're some know-it-all big shot. You don't want to come to them in a haughty way. You know, respecting your elders and things of this nature. You want to, um, you want to approach it that way. If a man be overtaken in a fall, go to such an one in a spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. I know that God's going to bless it, in other words, if you even if you go to an apostate preacher, let's say you've been in that church, you go to an apostate preacher, and you go to him in, in, a, in a haughty, domineering, smarty-pants way. Now, granted, I mean, if you're in a church and you're not a member there, and, and they're just in rank heresy, I guess that would be another another story. But um, when, it, when it, you know, like the Bible talks about, uh, having respect for elders, and, and if it be if it lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Um, but I did this along the way, and ultimately, you know, um, they could not refute the information I was putting in front of them, and um, that's really what started this ministry. I just saw a need that this needed to be exposed, and there were certain things that should have been being said in the church, if the pastor is a true shepherd who has true love for the sheep, that weren't being said. 
for various reasons, whether that's the love of money, whether it's the fear of man, um, the fear of man bringeth a snare, the Bible says, or the, or the fear of the state, or the fear of whatever, or the fear of losing money, or the fear of being ostracized, or, you know, there's such there's a multitude of reasons. So, this meeting with Pope Francis, and essentially big-time leaders in the charismatic movement, represents a new alignment within global pseudo-Christianity. As the lukewarm progressive Christians merge increasingly with the evil spirit of the age, the divide between them and the true Christians will becoming increasingly large. God's separating the sheep from the goats here. I, I think to a certain extent. I mean, I understand that there's a heavenly or a judgment application to that if, if we look in the New Testament. But this is, I think, what we're seeing here as well. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. You know, touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. So, Mr. Robeson told the Fort Worth Telegram, quote, this meeting was a miracle. This is something God has done. God wants his arms around the world. Now, this is, this is Christianity, his version, being yoked up with Catholicism. Okay, this is what he's saying. And he wants Christians to put his arms around the world by working together. Sounds like a one world religion under Antichrist to me, because that's the only Bible I see for any kind of real unity in the end times. I mean, I'm talking about before Jesus comes back on a white horse at Armageddon. Okay. I don't see, I don't see any Bible for some big, huge end time revival where there's all these people saved globally. And um, the world's a better place and things get better and better and better. I don't see Bible for it. You, you read the book of Revelation, you read the book of Daniel, things continue to deteriorate and worsen. Doesn't mean we shouldn't um, be good soldiers for Christ and occupy till Jesus comes and, and, and um, try to expose wickedness and evil and to reprove the works of the unfruitful works of darkness and to have no fellowship with them like the Bible says or try not to live holy lives. It doesn't mean we give up, but Unfortunately, this is the way the Bible says it's going to go. And so, people like this just ignore these verses and say, no, 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 things are going to get better. I mean, you have the dominionists that believe that Christ is going to come back soon, and he's going to set up his kingdom. And basically, the book of Revelation and Daniel, where the, we talk about the tribulation period, that's going to be done away with. Because things, because things are so excellent now, that Christ is just really going to have no no choice but to come back and set up and rule and reign. Because, you know, we've done such a great job, collectively. I mean, things get more wicked by the day. It's like, what planet are these people living on? I think a lot of them know exactly what they're doing. I believe that, 100%. And they're just leading their sheep to the slaughter. If the blind leadeth the blind, they will both fall into a ditch, is what the Bible says. And this is what we have here. That's why it's very important, what wherever you're going, whatever church you're at, whoever you're following, whether it be in the church or online, and I'm going to talk about that more later, you better be sure that, you know, there is a lot of biblical parameters or the biblical parameters of a pastor or a bishop or a teacher are being met. 
or whatever they call themselves. Mr. Robeson said he was impressed by Pope Francis's humility. False humility is what I would add. And courtesy to the visiting delegation of evangelical Protestant Christian leaders. Here's a big picture of them all together. Uh, you can see Kenneth Copeland, that Satanist, next to Pope Francis, the Satanist, uh, next to Robeson and his wife. And um, I mean, this is just enough to about make you sick. Seeing this. In a written statement, Mr. Roberson believe, said he believes the prayers of earnest Christians help lead the choice of Pope Francis. This is just pure blasphemy. There's probably been no other institution I've exposed more, maybe other than Islam, than the Catholic Church in this ministry over the years. Documenting all of the atrocities of them, documenting the corrupt, wicked foundation, documenting like the Inquisitions alone, where you had at least over like 50 million dead, and that's probably a very conservative number. Many, many, many of them were true Bible believing Christians that were tortured in the most horrifically sexually perverted, sick ways, all in the name of the of the Catholic God. Because Jesus Christ obviously endorses that type of torture in order to get somebody converted or, or to, in order to get a confession out of them so they'll rat out all their friends so they, they can go kill more Christians. I'm, I'm sure Jesus Christ endorsed all those 50 million plus murders of the martyrs, burned at the stake. I mean, you name it. But, you know, hey, that's all water under the bridge now. We can all forget about that and be one big happy satanic family together. The, the whole cadre, the whole army of pedophile priests, which has existed from its inception because of this, in part, because of this vow of celibacy. You know, whether, you know, and then, you know, all of this vow of celibacy, whether it's the priests or the nuns or the monks or whatever, all of it being totally unbiblical to have whole sex of these people yes there are certain times that that um it's a gift from god where celibacy is a gift from god but it's not the norm okay and to force somebody into a box when you have some pseudo-christian works-based religion and say you've got to be whatever well it's no wonder pedophilia is is absolutely one of the the hallmarks of the of the catholic uh, clergy 100%. I mean, they just, they you know, one guy gets busted and, and, and they, whatever, they move him around and, and uh, try to do as much of a cover-up as they can and, and and let him go and go his merry way and commit more pedophilia. And, and I mean, I, I just listened to this interview today. I mean, that the, the Satanists that are present within the Catholic Church, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, and all of their atrocities are starting to come out. All of the all of the pedophilia and all of the things that they're being um, uh, found out about. Yeah, this is the number one report now um, on uh, before it's news, and it's entitled "Child Sacrifice Aborted: Satanists Arrested, Cargill Sinclair Executives Implicated in the Catholic Church." Yesterday, two suspected members of the nice circle of satanic child sacrifice cult were arrested during their preparations for what appeared to be a child sacrifice. 
Um, evidently, the child homicide was to take place on a bloodstained altar in the basement of a residence in upscale neighborhood in Outremont, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. During an older woman's arrest, she admitted that the child's sacrifice was scheduled for midnight. Well, of course, they always pretty much do it at midnight uh, from an occult standpoint. And that the child sacrifice was scheduled for midnight and involved executives of, of America's Sinclair Oil and food giant Cargill Corporation. Uh, let's see here. I, I, I'm just trying to give you the, the uh, high points because I wasn't even going to report on this. Security guard at the Montreal private residence showed arresting officers a small sub-basement soundproof chamber that contained a bloodstained stone altar, two small prison cells with wall shackles, and adjoining room held locked cabinets with child pornographic material and articles of children's clothing. Evidences such as blood, metallic torture devices, ceremonial swords, and sophisticated film equipment was photographed and bagged for analysis. Can you imagine how demon-possessed you would have to be to even think about doing something like this? Yet this is the normal behavior for these people at the top of the food chain, whether it's the, it's, it's the top of mega-conglomerate corporations Politics, religion, it's normal behavior. This is how they this is how they get their power. This is how they get their money, their wealth, their power, everything. It's derived from things like this. Killing small children, being the highest form of highest way to acquire power from a witchcraft standpoint. The suspect identified child sacrifice participants as Cargill Corporation Executive Kerry Brick of Wazetta, Minnesota, and Sinclair Oil Executive Stephen Holding of Sun Valley, Idaho. Um, a prior ICLCG document claimed that the other ninth members, ninth members of the Satanic Circle, included Montreal Catholic Archbishop Christian Lapine and a prominent U.S. billionaire. The same influential American businessmen have been identified by eyewitnesses as being at the Ninth Circle human hunting parties in the Netherlands where they, they'll send naked children out and, and go and, and hunt them down with like hunting dogs and kill them. This is what they do for fun, okay? This is what Satanists, this is what the people that run the world do for fun. May God rain down his fury on these devils and may all their lies and their evil be exposed that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider of his doing and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him and all the upright in heart would glory as according to Psalm 64. The children were stripped naked, raped, hunted down, and then killed as were the children in the Australian CIA mind control program according to eyewitness Fiona Bart. Barnett, and Barnett chronicled her experiences in this article, and there's a link to it. I, I'm, this is just something extra, though, I just found out today. I've listened to many of their audio reports. I do believe this organization is legitimate. They keep coming, and um, they seem to have a very good attitude and, and a very professional attitude about what they're trying to do. The biggest thing is trying to take down the Pope. In the Catholic Church, because they're one of the, probably the biggest main player behind these satanic child sacrifices. And this is the same devil that was just meeting with these other Satanists of the charismatic movement, these heads, Robeson and um, Copeland, 
all one big happy satanic family. And yet you have millions and millions of people that will call themselves Christians following, would literally fall down and worship these men. And have given them untold amounts of cash to carry out more wicked evil works with or to live their more lavish lifestyles with or given them more cash so that they can carry out more human satanic sacrifice of small children. Talk about throwing your money or giving your money to Satan to do as he sees fit. Our team restrained all three prisoners, locked down the premises, and took videos and samples from the underground chamber, wrote a member of the arrest team. We then secured a covert perimeter in the neighborhood in anticipation of the arrival of the cult participants and their victims. Unfortunately, although we maintain our vigil until midnight, no one else arrived at the premises for the rest of the day or evening. We must assume that the participants were somehow alerted to our presence and, ab- and aborted the ritual. Well, all it would take is one familiar spirit that emanated and operated in these places. and um, these, these things are guarded by devils and demons. These types of occult places. Okay? And those devils and demons can communicate with whatever devil or demon they want to communicate with. It would not take any type of even surveillance, phone, nothing. All it would take is one devil talking to another devil that's in communication with one of those humans and they could tip the whole thing off. They guard these places and they act as sentries, demonic sentries. That's why you go to one of these places, you better make sure God called you there and it's, and it's wise to pray and fast prior to doing that and know God called you to go to those places. And you better be putting on the full armor of God and praying his angels go before you and pleading the blood of Jesus Christ over those in these types of things. I'm just kind of reading here a little bit more. The International Tribunal into the Crimes of Church and State, these are the ones that are going after the Catholics, the highest levels, has been prosecuting cases against the Ninth Circle Satanic Cult members uh, in court since 2011. And they had called for protests against child sacrifices believed to be scheduled for August 15th. Uh, for the Rene de Monde Cathedral in Montreal and a and Pro Cathedral in Dublin, Ireland. I'm assuming these are Catholic places. Evidently, because of protest, the Montreal child sacrifice was relocated from Montreal Cathedral sub basement crypt to an underground facility at McGill University, then then to the private estate of Mont Montreal. And the Catholic Church is behind all this. And this is just who we're dealing with here. The first 50 comments in this petition to Congress for an investigation of the CIA program, most by CIA mind control survivors, indicated that children were still being tortured even today in government in the government program of the MK Ultra Mind Control, which is publicly it's been publicly made knowledge that that is legitimate through FOIA requests and things of this nature. Witnesses to these child sacrifices have alleged that the Nadrangitha criminal syndicate worked with police, the Vatican, and Catholic orphanages to provide children for torture and killing in monthly blood sacrifice rituals by the Ninth Circle. There have been 34 Catholic 
child mass grave sites found in Ireland alone. Mass grave sites, not 34 bodies, 34 mass grave sites. Just in Ireland alone. And that's just the ones they know about. Found in Ireland, Spain, and Canada. I'm sorry. Three, three countries, 34 mass grave sites. Thanks to the Catholic Church. The grounds were believed to contain the bodies of over 350,800 missing children. Although the respective governments and Catholic Church have refused ITCCS's continuous requests for excavation. Popes Francis and Ratzinger, Ratzinger plus Queen Elizabeth have all been named by eyewitnesses testifying before the ICLCG court as having killed and raped children in the ninth circle of satanic cult human sacrifice ceremonies. Over 60 eyewitnesses from several different countries have testified with more contacting the court each week. Hey, may, may the Lord Jesus Christ bless their righteous efforts. That's about pray for this organization that they're able to continue this and able... Now granted, I mean... Something's got to give with this. You know? But this is why it's important to pray for them. Because, um, obviously this is an incredibly righteous thing that they're trying to do. Since 2011, six judges and 28 jury members of the ICLCG court have been litigating Ninth Circle Satanic cult members. In 2014, Pope Francis was found guilty of child trafficking... Pope Ratzinger resigned after his 2013 guilty verdict for crimes against humanity. Now, they're saying that's a big reason why he resigned. I don't know. And Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip were issued arrest warrants for their guilty verdicts in the 1964 disappearance of 10 children from the Canadian-British Columbia Kamloops Native Residential School. It's just like these illegal alien children that are coming over the border, like I've been saying. It's a absolute smorgasbord for the elite level pedophiles where these children come across unaccompanied. Nobody knows if they got here safely or not. And if they disappear off the radar, what recourse is somebody in a third world country ever going to have? They had no money to begin with, most likely. They fall off the radar. They don't know where they fell off the radar. It's the perfect opportunity for child sacrifice, abducting for child sacrifice, child trafficking, Child slave labor, uh, what you name it, but but it's for it's for the children. Remember, it's for the children. I guarantee you, there is a huge number of them that are disappearing off the radar, and all that's by design. There's many agendas they're trying to accomplish with the open borders. That's one of them, and I think that's one of them. The, I think that reason though is the most nearest and dearest to Satan's black, cold. Heart. That one. Because child sacrifice is really where... That, that's, what, that's what gets Satan, uh, I, I think, more excited. more Gives him more happiness than any other thing. Is that. So this is what we're dealing with when we're dealing with the Catholic Church. So, 
In light of all that I just said, Mr. Robeson said he believes the prayers of earnest Christians help to the choice of Pope Francis. He described Jorge Mario Bergoglio, the Argentinian archbishop chosen as the Pope, meaning Pope Francis, as a, quote, humble man, filled with such love for the poor and downtrodden. Yeah, let's view that in light of what I just said. In addition to Miss Betty Robeson, the high-profile Protestant delegation included Kenneth Copeland, co-founder of Kenneth Copeland Ministries in Newark, Texas, Reverend Jeff Tunnicliffe, CEO of the World Evangelical Alliance, sounds like a one-world religion thing to me, Reverend Brian Stiller, and Reverend Thomas Schurmacher, also from the World Evangelical Alliance, and Reverend John Arnott and his wife, Carol, co-founders of Partners for Harvest Ministries of Toronto, Canada. The ecumenical meeting in Rome was organized by Episcopal Bishop Tony Palmer. Reverend Palmer was a ordained bishop in the Communion of Evangelical Episcopal Churches, a breakaway alliance of the charismatic Anglican Episcopal Churches. And here we have another picture of the uh, uh, devil incarnate Pope and this Tony uh, Palmer guy, which we'll talk more about later. Looks like he's wearing an onk, actually. Uh, which would, you know, Nock is an Egyptian cross, it would make sense. It was actually the first sign that Constantine was supposedly given a vision, the guy that, like, started the Catholic Church back in, like, I don't know, 381. He was given this vision, and it said, under this sign, conquer. Which, I mean, Jesus is all about us going around conquering people and killing them and stuff. And it was an Egyptian onk. And that's what they painted on their shields when they went forth conquering. In the name of Christ. Anyway, it shows that Copeland here really in this, oh, this this just uh, intent look as he's looking at um, uh, Pope Francis and Tony Palmer sitting there and they're engaged in this deep conversation. Uh, maybe they're, they're talking about, you know, the uh, how fun the uh, satanic festivities are going to be tonight. You know, um, that they're going to participate in together. Bishop Tony Palmer is also director of the ARC community, an international interdenominational convergent church online. I mean, everything in here just screams one world religion. Everything that I'm talking about here. Which is a confirmation of the Bible. You know, the Bible's clear. There's going to be a falling away of the church, an apostasy, which is what that word's translated from in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay, a falling away of the church, and then that wicked will be revealed. The wicked, capital W, meaning Antichrist. Capital W, not just any wicked person. That wicked will be revealed. So the falling away of the church has to happen before the Antichrist is revealed, according to Scripture. And, the, and then it goes on to say, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. If you're yoked up with this garbage, you are having pleasure in unrighteousness. You may not know it, you may not be aware of it, but that's why the Bible says not, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. And that we are 
or can be destroyed for lack of knowledge. According to Hosea 4, 6. That's why we don't trust in our heart. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool, the Bible says. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. All of these people trusting in all of these denominations, and all of these men that represent their given denominations, all yoked up with the government, all using false Bible verses, all becoming more and more one world government oriented by the day. Literally now we have cadres of, of priests and pastors yoked up with the government through FEMA and Homeland Security in these, quote, clergy response team units. And it's all covert. They're not telling their, their, their congregations about this, but they are. It's an absolute total abomination from the pit of hell, but it's all predicted in the Bible. God's sending them strong delusion that they will believe a lie. And then the, the, the next part of the verse is super scary because that they might all be damned in hell because they receive not the love of the truth. See, you need to have a love of the truth. If you don't have a love of the truth, and no matter how hardcore the truth may be, you're probably going to wind up in hell according to that verse. But I was sincere. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Now, I know that's not a Bible verse, but it is true in concept. I was a good Catholic. I kept the seven sacraments. I did this. I did that. I went through the catechism. I got baptized as an infant. What the priest did last rites over me. None of that is going to benefit you. It's all works-based garbage. You're saved by faith through grace, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. We're not saved through works. Go to my go to contendingfortruth.com, click on the True Salvation tab, and listen to those audios in the order listed regarding salvation. Because I found that, especially you know your background, whatever it may be, there needs to be a lot of a very very heavy emphasis on what the Bible says. Not on what a man says, or a woman, or a denomination, or whatever you might think in your head. You need to rely on the word of God. Which is the anvil of truth. So, going further. um, Reverend. Okay, so he was ordained a bishop of the communion of evangelical Episcopal churches. Okay, so, going further. Um... He is also a member of the Roman Catholic Ecumenical Delegation for Christian Unity and Reconciliation. I mean, (laughs) this is so one-world religion, it's not even funny. So this this Tony Palmer guy was really the, the absolute total catalyst liaison for this whole yoking up in union between the the charismatic the charismatic Pentecostal people, and the um, Catholic Church. I always predicted this would happen first. That would be the sect of Christianity that would be the first to yoke up with the Catholic Church officially. Why do I say that? Because when I was a member of a a charismatic church, pretty radical one, Cape Coral, uh, Kingsway Christian Center, I was one of the most radical ones there, let me tell you. (laughs) I was. 
I'm not proud of that. I'm just saying I was. I've been there, done it. I had, I think, a Tuesday night Bible study. And I had a lot of zeal, but obviously a lot of it was misguided, you know. And I had this Bible study, and this, and I mean, it kind of grew really quickly. And this guy was showing up, and he was a charismatic Catholic. He didn't come to the service during the week, typically, because he would have been his Catholic thing. But I don't remember being there. But he would show up at my Bible study, and I can remember, you know, he was there, and first time I said anything negative about the Catholic, I never saw him again. Don't confuse me with the facts. My mind's made up. I was starting to figure things out then. And that was kind of the beginning of it. So, I had a feeling, I'm like, if there was any sect of Christianity that was ever going to yoke up with Catholicism first, officially, it's going to be the Catholics, because there's a separate sect of Charismatic Catholics and a separate sect, obviously, of, quote, Christian Charismatics, and they're kind of on the same page, and I'm going to give you some, some more stuff on that. Okay, so if we continue further, later James Robeson telecasted the video on his daily TV program, Life for Today. He, he, he's making open announcements of this. He said, quote, The Pope in the video expressed a desire for Protestants and Catholics to become what Jesus prayed for. That Christians would become family and be not divided. But then again, Jesus Christ said, Think not that I come to bring peace, but a sword. And a man's foes will be they of his own household. Huh. Father against son, mother against daughter, that type of stuff. Now, is that what Jesus obviously wants of Christians? No. But that is the reality of the gospel, is that it divides, typically. Okay? And and that is just the reality of it. This is not the kind of, of, of yoking up of joining together that Jesus was referring to, and I'm going to get into that in a second anyway. I'll explain that. Mr. Robins, Mr. Robeson said that the response in the video was very positive and that the Pope Francis had asked Bishop Palmer whether a meeting could be arranged with evangelical Protestants seeking Christian unity in the world. Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But see, they both believe a false gospel, so, for the most part, I'm not saying there's no people in the, in the charismatic movement that are saved. I'm not saying that. I believe there would be very few in the Catholic that could be saved because it's so works-based. Okay, I believe I was saved when I was a Pentecostal, I do. But I think God let me go into that so he could show me how bad it was and then pulled me out of it so that later I could expose it and show other Christians this is not the way you want to go. Okay, I love the Lord Jesus Christ when I was a Pentecostal, you know, and, and I don't think it was that I was unsaved, but... I was taken through that process so that hopefully I could eventually end up helping other people see what was so clearly shown to myself. Uh, I didn't like the fact that I was deceived and I didn't want other people to be deceived. That was, I mean, that was literally the end of my agenda. I didn't want to see other people deceived. So, 
We're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord, meaning agreement, hath Christ with Belial, or the devil? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Catholics are, are infidels. Okay, they, 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 um, they believe in works. Works are what save you. Works are what get you into heaven. They believe Mary is the, literally the co-redemptrix, meaning you've got to get saved through her and Jesus. And really, you've got to go through Mary to get to Jesus because he's up there angry on, on his throne and the, only, and the only thing that can reach an angry son is obviously a, a pleading mother. That's how they portray Mary's relationship with Jesus in heaven. And this is why there's all these Marian apparitions, which I've exposed. Key in messages from heaven um, in YouTube. Or, and you'll start typing and then it'll start filling in. It'll start giving you options. Messages from heaven. It's a whole thing on the Marian apparitions and what has been said in these official Marian apparitions that the Catholic Church has officially endorsed. And it's all blasphemy. It's all, come through me, my children. I can go to Jesus. I, you, you, I am the co-redemptrix. Whether she appears as Mary or the Lady of Medjugorje or whatever. It's all satanic lies, signs and wonders of a satanic sort. And when the Antichrist and the false prophet come, doesn't the Bible say in more than one place that they're going to deceive the whole world through lying signs and wonders and miracles? Yeah, that's the primary means by which they're going to deceive everyone, or most people. This is part of the strong delusion that God is sending and, and will send even or let happen in a greater way. Why? Because the people of the world, the people of earth, for the most part, collectively love to have it so. And even the ones that call themselves Christians, like the Bible says, because my people love to have it so. They want to be deceived. They don't want the truth. They're having pleasure in unrighteousness. So God's going to give them what they're asking for. And he is giving them that. He's letting that happen. Because they have no love for the truth, for the most part. And they've trusted in man. And they've trusted in false religion. And they haven't read their Bible. I mean, there's a multitude of reasons probably even beyond that. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. This is what, the, this is what God says to do. We're supposed to come out from among them, and be, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We're not supposed to just stay in some apostate congregation. Okay? We're not supposed to just sit there and, well, I can change it. No, you won't. No, you won't change it from the inside. I, I tried. <laughs> I tried on different occasions. I took some people with me, about nine, nine or ten, out of the charismatic church I was at. But you know what? Within one to two years, every one of them had went back to the slop, the pig slop. As a dog returning to, to its own vomit. And the sow to its wallowing in the mire. A fool returning to his own folly. I know that's harsh, but that's what the Bible says. If I would have returned back to it, I could have said the same thing about myself. 
Pentecostalism is very seductive because it's very, very, very emotionally based. It really goes after your heart almost more than any other sect of Christianity I've ever been exposed to. I mean, I went to a Catholic high school, um, a uh, Lutheran middle school, charismatic church, Pentecostal churches, uh, uh, independent fundamental Baptist, King James only church. I've been a lot of different ends of the spectrum. And the charismatic has, by far, from an emotional standpoint, the most seductive. By far. Not, I mean, none of those other things could compare to it. I know I've been there. So, I mean, I get it. I'm not, like, judging them saying I'm so much better because I stayed out. I just was like, when I saw this stuff, and some of it I'll get into later, I'm like, there's no way. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, there is no justification for going back into this thing. This is, this is, so much of what's going on is literally from Satan. Literally. And I'm not going back. That's not an option. There was really never a temptation. But every single one of them, as far as I know, went back into it. Within one to two years. I tried. (laughs) I mean, I really tried. Uh, But, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. What if you don't come out from among them? Well, you're going to continue to get more and more deluded and more and more deceived. And will you end up being one of the ones that have fallen away from the faith, that have literally drew back into perdition, like the Bible talks about in Hebrews? That literally start believing that, you know, I'm safe through works. I, I have tasted of the heavenly gift. I have tasted of of Jesus, but you know what? No, I'm safe through this works-based religion, and these miracles are way more important than whatever the Bible says. These works of the uh, of the whatever I'm experiencing, this this vision that came, or this word of God, or or this dream that I had. I know it contradicts the Bible, but you know what? It was more real to me than the word of God, so I'm going to trust it, even though it's anti-biblical. You better be you better be really careful what you're trusting. Whether it's experience or some dream or some supposed word of God or some angel appearing to you or whatever, you better test the spirits like the Bible says. If whatever they're telling you to do goes against the word of God, then they're not of God because God doesn't contradict his word. His word changeth not and God says, I change not. He even says he's magnified his word above his name. Then it says, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I mean, the Bible says, they that endure it to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm not talking about works-based religion here. But enduring to the end, (laughs) you know, is a prerequisite for salvation. Or is there a point where you just give up and say, no, I'm going to go to this other road. I'm uh, uh, going to be a Catholic now. I'm going to just trust in works. You know? Have you endured to the end then? You're Antichrist at that point. You're, you're a tool of Satan, essentially. You're, you're going to be used by Satan to try to get other people into hell. I'm just saying. I mean, he that overcometh, you know, the Bible talks about. 
the same shall walk with Jesus, you know? So, anyway, let's go further. Revelation 18, 4 and 5. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. We are not supposed to be yoked up with this mother harlot whore stuff. And this is what you're increasingly seeing. Her, come out of her, okay, granted, you could say it's the world system, but I really believe if you really boil that down further, is is like the mother whore harlot religion under any Christ. And in Catholicism will be a huge part of that. God is pleading well into the book of Revelation, Revelation 18, for his people to come out of her. He's still got people in there. And this is way down the road. We're not even in the tribulation yet. Why? What if you don't? He doesn't want you to be partakers of her sins. You could say, well, I was in there, I didn't do anything bad. Yeah, well, you being in it, you're being a partaker of her sins. And that you are going to receive of her plagues, evidently. You can't lay down with dogs and not get fleas. Is the point here. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. You think the sins of the 50 million plus martyrs and the inquisitions alone in the Catholic Church might be something that's a big deal to God and all the pedophilic priesthood of the Catholic Church? You think that might be some of those sins that are reaching unto heaven? I think there's a good point. I think there's a lot of Christian, pseudo-Christian denominations that have, are, are, are making their own pile of sins up and, and adding to that mound. But I don't think anything, any sect of Christianity can touch what the Catholic Church has done from just a pure world uh, defilement sin issue. As far as just the, the number, the massive amounts of, of human sacrifices that we were just talking about. Martyrs that they have created. Pedophilia. Works-based, really taking people to hell because they trust in works. Matthew 7.15 Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothings, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. We describe these devils to a T. Titus 1, 15b through 16. Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God like these devils, like Francis and Copeland and Robeson. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen through fifteen. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. They they try to appear as apostles of Christ, in other words, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. It's no marvel Satan can do it. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, Satan has ministers, whether they call themselves reverend, or priesty boy, or um, bishop, or pope, or pastor, 
Satan has his ministers. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, Satan's ministers, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, meaning they appear that way. But inwardly, they're ravening wolves, whose end shall be according to their works. They want to get you into hell. That's their goal. They may not even admit it. They may not even be aware of it. Some of them may think they're even doing the right thing. I don't know. I don't really know what their mindsets are collectively. But Satan's plan for them is to deceive as many people as they can so that you ultimately end up in hell. Because in the end, that's all that's really going to matter. Who's in heaven and who's in hell? I mean, that's where the, I mean, where the rubber meets the road. I realize there's rewards in heaven and things of this nature, but heaven and hell is really where the rubber meets the road. 2 Peter 2, 17-19. These, meaning like the men we've just described, are wells without water. You go to them trying to quench your spiritual thirst, but they have nothing to offer. They, 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 don't have any, they don't have any true living water, like the Bible talks about, that Jesus said I would give. They don't have any of that. They're wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, meaning a really bad storm, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. There is a special place in hell for them. It's reserved. It's like when you call up a restaurant and you have reserved seating. I want to make a reservation for this table. Well, there is a place in hell, and most likely then the lake of fire, that is reserved for them. It's like the Bible talks about vessels of wrath, fitted, meaning prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh. I mean, the charismatic movement of all movements allures through the lusts of the flesh. It's very appealing from a fleshly, carnal element more than any other denomination that I've ever seen. We're going to talk more about this later. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, and there's, I don't know of another denomination... Christian, pseudo-Christian, that promises more liberty in Christ. You know, let go and let God. I've had preachers tell me that, preacher's wife in particular, after I went to their church and they were behaving like animals almost. I've told that story. All all the women, all the women um, uh, that were all like, uh, and this is, oh boy, I forget what sect of Pentecostalism this was. I was still trying to find the truth afterward. I had, had my nine or ten people that had come out of the charismatic church, went to this one church, it was like a united Pentecostal or something, I don't know. These were my patients, the pastor and the wife. I had no idea they were. They invited me to their church, I went. I mean, it was like, it was like a, I thought the, I thought the church I came out of was bad. This church was like a free-for-all. It was, it was insane. We get in there, and it's like, I'm looking around, and the, the, the music starts, and all of a sudden, one of the ladies goes up to the front, and one of them's doing like a little 
like a little box jig. Okay, and the more women go up to the front more, and they're all like, they're all in, you know, dress, long dresses, and, and they look really the biblical part, no makeup, long dresses, they're real biblical looking, okay, and all this stuff, and I'm not, I'm not preaching against that, I'm just saying, that that's how they looked, okay, and, and they, you know, you, you would, you would think, okay, so they're, I'm sure they're conservative in this and that, and they look conservative, no, boy, oh boy, uh, no, not conservative, um, She's up there doing a four-point jig. This was the pastor's um, wife. And then the, the other women in the church, some of them may be married, some of them not, I don't know. And all of a sudden the pastor's wife goes to her knees and starts moaning and groaning. Okay. Then the other women go up and start climbing on her back. I'm not making this stuff up. Okay. Literally... In a short period of time, there's this mass of writhing female humanity on the ground in front of me, moaning and groaning. Supposedly, I found out later, they were birthing something in the spirit world. Yeah, a big fat devil. You know, a nice big, nice big eight pound, six ounce baby devil. They birthed in the spirit world because it was not godly, that's for sure. You know? Now, now, while that was going on, then the, then the deacons started coming up, and they wanted to start laying hands on all the people I brought with them. The Bible says, lay, lay hands suddenly on no man, be ye not, and be ye not partakers of their sins. What does that mean? Well, you, have, you let somebody lay hands on you in one of these environments, they're imparting something to you. <laughs> and it's not of God. This isn't like laying on of hands in the Bible where people got healed. This is... Everything should be done in decency and in order in the church of God. The Bible says that. There was nothing done in decency and order at this place. And I wrote to the pastor after this and laid all this out in the Bible. And you know what their response was? Oh, Brother Scott, let go and let God. They should have said let go and let Satan. I'm like, wow, that is really scriptural. I really see a lot of Bible for that one. I saw a bumper sticker once that said it, but I really don't see a lot of Bible for it. And that was part of my spiritual awakening and journey out of the charismatic church as well. I've seen so much, I mean. So while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom is for of whom a man is overcome, the same of the same is he brought into bondage. You go to these churches, you become a member, you sit in those pews, eventually you're going to be overcome, and you're going to be brought into bondage, but they're not chains you can see. They're spiritual chains. And that is why you can be part of these things, and it doesn't matter what you tell somebody, they can't see, or they're going to resist it, or they're going to say there's no merit to it. doesn't matter how much scripture you show them, because they're spiritually blinded. They're demonically blinded and deluded. Jeremiah 5, 26-31. For among my people, my people, are found wicked men. Which is true more today than ever. They lay in wait, they lay wait, as he that setteth snares a trap, they set a trap, they catch men. They catch men, but this is, they catch men to get you into hell. So your soul will go to hell. A lot of these people are literally Satanists. In the, especially in the big mega churches, the number one job that that a Satanist typically seeks is a pastor. 
because it's the best cover, and they can do the most damage for Satan in that position, more than any other. So it's well known. I've seen Luciferians and Satanists interviewed that came out of it. And they said, we were in this cove and every one of us were, were, were assigned a different church to go to. Particularly if there was any real soul winning going on there. If there was any kind of real purity or righteousness. It's what Luciferians do. Satanists. Satan requires quite a bit of them. This is part of it. If they were women, they were to go there and try to seduce the pastor. Or maybe somebody, a godly man or whatever, break up marriages, cause division and chaos. Men would do that as well. I mean, to try to maybe seduce a woman there or try to create division and chaos and hinder what's going on there. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. So you got a guy like Copeland or Robeson or the Pope. Understand, they operate in deceit. Lies. That's their that's their stock and trade. Therefore, they are become great and waxen rich. Doesn't say they're cursed above all men and they're and they're poor because of what they've done. No, they get to you know have it their way in this life. A lot of them. Well, that's not fair. Well, Satan rewards those that follow him. Didn't didn't. He tell Jesus, just bow down, worship me, and I'll give you all of these kingdoms? He was offering Jesus that deal. You know, he had it to give. Therefore, they become great and waxen rich. They are waxen fat, yea, they shine, yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper. You know, typically in these types of churches, the benevolence fund is usually the the one that like is like the biggest joke, like giving to the poor, taking care of let's say poor widows or orphans, whether it's in the church or whether it's in other countries. The, it's typically the one that gets the least amount of money flowing into it. They would rather build this big gigantic church and yoke up with the government, and make sure they have all of their whatever programs going on and rake in more money, that's where what really matters, you know. So it goes further, shall I not visit for these things? God's saying, shall I not visit this wickedness for these things, essentially? Saith the Lord, shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Ooh. Well, if there's any nation on the earth that's doing this, it's probably us in America. I know all my, my listeners aren't American, but I'm just saying for collectively. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. Meaning it makes you wonder. It's not wonderful like it's good, but it's it's like, in King James writing, it's like a sense of wonderment. Like, whoa, unbelievable, hard to comprehend type of deal. The prophets prophesy falsely. Now remember, that's the norm in today's day and age. So when you hear all these people saying, and, and, and almost all of them are charismatics, these so-called prophets. And so many times, you know, you check their track records, like, oh yeah, you got wrong there, 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 there. Oh. And you, you just keep prophesying. You know what the penalty was for that in the Old Testament? Death. Check Deuteronomy 18 out. Read that. It's near, it's near the end. 
Basically, what it says is if a prophet prophesies falsely, he's not of God, and he's to be killed. And a prophet that is a real prophet gets it right every single time. Even the ones that get it right, but it doesn't line up with scripture, let's say they prophesy something that comes to happen, like a psychic would, but it doesn't line up with scripture, whatever they're pointing you to, well, they're to be killed too. You go, I don't know, two or three chapters before that. The test of a prophet. But that doesn't matter anymore. I mean, you know how many people came up to me in the Pentecostal church? Oh, brother brother Scott, I got a word of God for you. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. And many times I'd act on it and I'd find, you know what? They never heard from God. They were never hearing from God. I would act on it. Because I had a lot of zeal. I wanted to please God. But it was like, oh wow, you didn't hear from God. Make a fool of myself. But I didn't just keep letting it happen. I figured it out. I'm like, you know what? If these people were hearing from God, why on God's green earth are not they giving me accurate information? That was the norm. But with the Pentecostal thing, the charismatic thing, it's such a like, oh, it's the experience. You just ignore the false prophecy you got the day before and you just go on. And it's like, I want more pig slop. I want more pig slop. Give me more. I don't care. It feels good. It's tickling my flesh. It's carnal. I love it. I'm telling you, that's what that's what it's like. Particularly in the, in the circles I was in. I was in some really hardcore, Pentecostal, charismatic stuff. The prophets prophesy falsely. So just bear in mind, you better be really careful whatever prophet or prophetess you're following. They better be getting it right all the time. 100% of the time. And if they are, they better not be involved in false religion. Oh, well, they're, they're charismatic. Oh, wow, that's a red flag, big time. Well, they're Hebrew roots. And they got hexagrams all over them. Oh, the hexagram, the six-point star, one of the most wicked signs in all of Satanism that you literally can cast on the ground and literally evoke a demon to another plane of existence from. Yeah, the hexagram. Right up there with the pentagram, but the hexagram's even more wicked. Does that mean I think, like, Israel's all wicked? No, I'm not saying that. Okay? But they were duped into adopting that sign on their flag. That had a lot to do with the Illuminati and, the, and Lord Balfour and the Lord Balfour Declaration where they got the land originally from. And the Rothschilds, who have a lot to do with the formation of Israel. True, it does fulfill scripture. But God can use whoever he wants to accomplish his will. Hexagram's a wicked symbol. Don't believe it? Key and hexagram in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and I lay it all out. It's not my, you know, it's it's not my opinion, it's absolute occultic fact. It's the star of your God Remphan that the Bible talks about in the Bible. Talisman of Saturn. Anyway, I could go totally off on a tangent there. So prophets prophesying falsely are an absolute total hallmark of what we should be expecting in today's day and age. And the priests bear rule by their means, meaning they're doing it their way, whatever way they think that it needs to be done, doesn't matter what the Bible says. And my people love to have it so. And that's exactly why God's sending the strong delusion. He's giving the people collectively what they love and what they want. He's letting them have it their way. 
And what will you do in the end thereof? Does that mean I think I'm perfect, and I'm Mr. Smarty Pants, and I'm so much better, and I'm holier than thou, and I'm sanctimonious, and I'm better than everybody because I'm not? I was caught up in all this stuff. I was. I admit it. But the Lord Jesus Christ showed me the right way and brought me out of it. And that's what I'm trying to do for other people, is to get them out of it. So that they're not deluded, they're not deceived. Going back to the main article, report. Uh, let's see. Okay, so remember what said, therefore they become great and wax and rich? Kenneth Copeland was one of several televangelists targeted by Senator Charles Grassley in 2007 for their lavish lifestyles. Calling Copeland the godfather of prosperity, CBS News released a detailed report in 2008 on Kenneth Copeland ministry saying an investigation, quote, raises serious questions about Copeland's religious empire. In my viewpoint, one of Copeland's former employees told CBS News, I believe that they were using a lot of the the ministry's assets for personal businesses. You think? Copeland and his wife live in a 20,000 square foot lakefront mansion. 20,000 square feet. That's a lot of square footage. Near Fort Worth, Texas, they they regularly fly in one of their two, two expensive jets. Not prop plane, but a jet. Two of them. Around the world, including regular trips to their multi-million dollar mansion in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Kenneth Copeland Airport is a private airport located 18 miles northwest of the central business district of Fort Worth, Texas. The airport is used solely for general aviation purposes, mainly those of the airport's eponym, televangelist Kenneth Copeland, whose ministry is located near the airport conveniently. Hey, he's got his own airport. He's got two jets. I, I did that report early. He's got almost a hundred uh, Harley bikes, like the big hogs, you know, the Harley Davidson. Good old satanic Harley Davidson bikes. Key and Harley Davidson, if you don't believe those bikes are satanic, I'm sorry. I, I truly believe they are. I see what they do to people, personally, firsthand. I never had one, never wanted one, but I see what they do. Yeah, there's no red flags here. No red flags at all. We're going to talk more about good old Kenneth Copeland later, too, about the prove that he's a total Satanist, and I mean that literally. The airport was formerly a Marine Corps air, air station, Eagle Mountain Lake, until it was purchased by Kenneth Copeland Ministries in, 19, in the 1980s. He's had this kind of money since the 1980s. In 2008, Mr. Copeland even boasted that he had collected over $1 billion in funds during his career. That was in 2008. That was six years later. He's probably got $2 billion now. And yet, my people love to have it so. The ones that call themselves Christians. Now, I'm not saying all, obviously, but he's got a gigantic, huge following. In a written statement, going back to now the original report, in his written statement released after the papal meeting, Mr. Robeson said he was blessed to be part of perhaps an unprecedented moment between evangelicals and the Catholic Pope. 
he described the Protestant delegation's private meeting with the leader of the Roman Catholic Church as a, quote, intimate circle of prayerful discussion and lunch to discuss not only seeing Jesus' prayer answered, you mean Satan's prayer answered, but that every believer would become bold, joy, a bold, joy-filled witness for Christ. What a bunch of satanic lies and drivel and blasphemy, really. During the luncheon on Tuesday, Mr. Robeson got a high five from Pope Francis. And here it shows him high fiving. I got the I got the picture. Looks like they just like it reminds me that they were both at like the, the racetrack and their horse just came in. It was one of those kind of high fives, the expression on their faces, you know. Anyway, um, they got a high five from Pope Francis after Pope and the Protestant guests talked about the need for all people to have a personal relationship with Satan. I mean Jesus Christ. Sorry, <laughs> they they said Jesus Christ, but obviously they meant Satan. I mean, come on. It's see again. It all sounds good to somebody that hasn't done any research and, you know, hasn't looked into this any further and just takes everybody's word, you know, let's say you're part of these ministries. Well, that, that sounds like what we want. Yeah, it does. Well, you better look into it a little further. According to the Life Today host... Robeson, the Roman pontiff did not know what a high five was until Bishop Palmer explained it to him in Italian. So it's good he got educated on what a high five was, you know. Mr. Robeson said, quote, the Pope made it very clear that he wanted every believer to become spirit filled, capital S, joy filled, a spirit joy filled witness. Yeah, right, right. But the spirit that he's talking about is the spirit of Antichrist. That's just what he failed to mention. So I've run out of time for part one. We will go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's 800 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G for for truth t r u t h dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is twenty three fifty nine. Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321, Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.